Hello, greetings and welcome. This is Alchemy and it's great to have your company. We're free and on demand from iTunes and alchemyradio.net and you can follow us and join the Alchemy community which is growing every day on Facebook and Twitter. So don't be shy, say hello and we will get back to you. We're here thanks to your most kind donations so thank you of course to everybody who does donate via our website. We're completely non-profit and will be keeping it that way. Alchemy is also the official European media partner of the Free Your Mind Conference 2016, a three-day event, the biggest indeed of its kind in the world. It returns to Philadelphia in April with top-caliber whistleblowers and researchers from across the US and the world indeed who will shed light upon our world's problems and bring forward empowering solutions. Spreading awareness on the topics of consciousness, mind control, subversive occult influences, holistic mind, body, spirit, health and solution-oriented approaches to the problems we face in these challenging times. The speakers include Jordan Maxwell, Mark Passio, Jim Mars, Max Egan, Mary Sean Young, Kathy O'Brien, Freeman, Ken Rolla, Laura Eisenhower, Josie Wales, Bob Tuscan, Jay Parker, Jamie Hanshaw, Janice Barcelo, Mark Phillips, David Whitehead, John Vibes and Raz Ben with more speakers to be announced soon. You'll get full details at freeyourmindconference.com and we will be talking to several of the speakers between now and April the 15th when the conference begins. So that's Free Your Mind 4, a conference on consciousness, mind control and the occult in Philadelphia, April 15th to 17th, 2016. So then, on to the show. Alchemy. Alchemy. I'm delighted that Soren Dreyer is back to talk to me on today's Alchemy. Soren is a Danish philosophical researcher who authors and compiles the hugely popular SorenDreyer.com website. Also well known for his extrasensory abilities, Soren always has much to say and I'm very much looking forward to this chat. So Soren, you're welcome back. I've been good. It's very good to be back. It's an honor, John. It's interesting. I was listening back to our very first chat, because we have spoken twice on air before, but it's the first chat that I'm referring to specifically, which was our more in-depth discussion. And you did a reading based on a picture for me. Yes, I did. What was in that reading has just been so startlingly accurate in terms even almost to the day of the timeline that you put on one or two bits and pieces in that. And it just has resonated with me so much since as I watched my own progression and frequently checked back on what it was that you had said. So we'll get into that, but we've loads of interesting things to talk about. There have been lots of big changes, both in the global collective and in individual consciousness since. So how have you been in the last two years? Any big changes, any big revelations for you maybe? Yeah, I think the last two and a half years have have put me in some other directions that uh, obviously that I were on in in uh, must have been 2013 we talk right mm. and uh, yeah things shift and um, uh, it, it's good it's good I see um, especially you know the last part of 2015 and and 2016 we are certainly in for some very big surprises, also very cool surprises, I think. But um, I see people stepping out 
which I think, you know, in 2012, 13, 11 also, it, it was, I perceived this, uh, some call it the awakening. I have, I have a problem with that concept. And, but, you know, people waking up uh, to the matrix, right? Yeah. Um, but more on a collective level. Now I see that it's more in individual and I really like that because that has always been my my angle on it you know you can't wake up collectively you ha you have to you have to wake up in in individually first and then you can maybe join the collective right mm -hmm. <clears throat> or we go in the same way as Marxist and you know dictatorship we all we all on the same march here and there are no there are no room for other opinions than the official one, right? And and I, I never liked that. I never liked that boxed-in thinking. But maybe it was necessary around uh, 2010, 11, 12, especially around 2012 with all the doom, doomsday prophecies, right? Yeah. That actually didn't turn out to be the doom. Uh, so, um, but, but I think it's good, and I think uh, we need to honor that more and more that, you know, people are... <clears throat> on the same road maybe, but you know, they're moving in, in different speeds and uh, some are taking the more scenic route and some are taking the highway. And um, But there's a herd mentality in the awakening movement, uh, which I recently addressed in a post called the field of the Christ, um, which I certainly don't like, which I think is very problematic, which I think uh, mirrors the matrix and uh, uses the same tools at, as the matrix to, to sort of seduce the masses. And um, when I see that now, I, I get very frustrated. I, I, in the start, I, I got angry and thought, well, you know, it's like the Who song, and meet the new bus the same as the old bus, right? Um, we won't get fooled again. Mm. As I would very much like not to get fooled again. And uh, <clears throat> there are also these, you know, policies of what you can do and what you can say and what you can post within that same movement. And, you know, policies, let's get rid of them, you know. Um, Set it free, set it free and see where the time falls, you know, when it lands. Um, yeah, and, and I see that, you know, and I'm certainly taking that up as my main task in 2016, you know, to sort of advocate that this is not, this might be a collective movement, but it's on individual terms. That is very, very important for me to... Uh, to hold on to. Uh, you and I can have the same ideas, you know, but we don't have the same background. We don't have the same emotional software. We don't have the same set of skills. You're very much into music, right? And, and can do music. I can listen to music. I love music. So that that's also a place we, we, we can meet, right? Yeah. But we will have a different approach because I am sort of the consumer and, and you're the manufacturer, right? Sure. And, uh, <clears throat> but... Yeah, I would very much like, you know, to uh, really, really hold on to that, which this sort of started on, that, that we got to respect the individual uh, and not necessarily push that individual into a new box um, of something that some key board warrior thinks it's cool, you know, and I have no respect for that. Um, it's, it's sort of easy easy to express your opinion 
on on a post, right? Because it it comes uh, it comes without any price, as long as we we are talking about mainstream awakening being a phenomenon on the Western Hemisphere, right? Um, in other countries, you know, you 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 try the same trick in Saudi Arabia, or yeah, we can name a hundred countries, right? But it's actually dangerous. You can call those people a warrior, right? Um, I don't see uh, people paying any price, as you would do in if if you go in in a war, right? Uh -huh. there, there, there will be casualties, right? There would be suffering. There would be hurting. I don't see that. I see it as, you know, <clears throat> yeah, keyboard warrior. And um, that's also fine because if you have opinions, express them. But watch out for the terms you use, you know. If you would like to call yourself a warrior, please look at the warriors that came before you, like Martin Luther King, like Jesus, like Nelson Mandela, maybe, um, Václav Havel from uh, former Czechoslovakia. Mm. Um, they actually had something at stake, um, and they paid a huge, huge price um, for, their, for their inner beliefs, right? And um, I picked that up as, as genuine warriorship. Uh, warriorhood and uh, the other thing is more or less you know talking against the matrix and uh, and uh, having a feeling that you're doing something risky or something dangerous the matrix don't give a shit um, or they would they would have exposed you a long time ago right so um, yeah that that confuses me and I would like to set that straight yeah for in 2016, you know, be a little more humble. And what I approached in the in the field of the Christ post was that uh, <clears throat> we have this word called awake, right? Are you awake? And I see all these people writing, I'm fully awake. Uh, no, you're fucking not. Mm -hmm. um, uh, nobody's fully awake. And where did that term come, come from, right? It actually came from the esoterics inside religion, and I'm not a fan of religion, but there are there are dynamics in in Christian um, esoteric uh, meditation, in uh, meditations on the Yoga Sutras, in Buddhist meditations, certainly right, and um, we cannot denounce it and throw it out because if we despiritualize this world as goes for mystics as goes for connecting the dots uh, like uh, Yogananda said in a, I respect Yogananda very much and I mentioned him, mentioned him in that post um, he said when I became awake he didn't mean into the matrix he meant into his private relationship to what he calls the God force right and uh, but he 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 had to see it he had to sense it he has to get overwhelmed by it and um, i actually used the same expression no comparison to yogananda in a book i wrote the first book i wrote the first chapter was you know awakening and my my idea was or my experience was here I was, you know, church and what was spirituality, what was uh, in the Bible, what was in the New Testament. I've never been a scholar of that. I, I read them. I like to read what we are, understand what we're talking about before I, I express it, right? Yeah. Uh, but going out of that, 
sort of boxed in way of thinking. I don't even want to call boxed in religion for spiritual because they're tools of oppression. Um, but within the tales, within the stories of Jesus, within the stories of um, of uh, Saint Francis, uh, we have, you know, we have some some dynamics that when we go into them, we actually per dynamic or by default start to pick up the matrix or the control system as one big hoax because it has nothing to do with the soul and um, and that's what they do these people you know I call them the saints um, they go you know they transcend the ego and they're going to the soul and when you're in the soul you can see the ego's constructions right also on a collective level you can see the ego of the pentagon you can see the ego of china you can see the ego of saudi arabia but when you go behind that like rumi did he is rumi uh, was actually a Muslim, but you know he he turned to the Sufist, um, the, the more esoteric part of uh, of uh, the Quran, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, from there on, he he just took the concept of love and expanded it. And I would call Rumi for an awakened soul. I would call Yogananda for an awakened soul. But I have no doubt that if I could meet them and say, Yogananda, do you feel awakened? Yogananda would say, no, I do not feel awakened. Because I know there are there are still much to explore. And so when, when people shout, you know, I'm, I'm so awakened, I, can't, I really can't stand myself. I'm <laughs> so awakened. Uh, uh, you know, no, they're not. It's their ego shouting, you know. Or they would never, they would never go into that field. I, you know, we both knew uh, our, the great Stuart Wilde, right? Yeah. He would never ever express, he would never ever express orally or written that he was awakened. He would, he would never do that, because he 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 actually knew that he was still a student, right? Yeah. So I'm looking for some fierceness and some. Joy of exploration, exploration still, and also, you know, some humbleness. And and I know that being humble can be a spiritual excuse for not putting yourself out there, not taking responsibility. So that's not what I put into the word humble. But, you know, turn it down a notch, you know, and you don't tell the whole world you're awakened because there's so much you don't understand yet. And uh, so that, I, I think that's very interesting right now to go into these concepts. I agree. And I'm quite struck by what you're saying about the ego, because as you were speaking, an image came to mind and it was a microcosm of the matrix or the control system, that being the scientific paradigm. And as you were describing people who are proclaiming themselves to be fully awake and as you say, that essentially means that the path of learning has finished for them. That reminds me of the scientific paradigm as it exists today. It's almost like the religion of science, whereby there's no, nothing more to learn. We just need to make everything fit this paradigm, and anything that's outside of that box, there's no place for. There is no, no, no room for the esoteric within that box. And it's amazing how we almost have this fractal structure in place, whereby, as you described at the very start of our chat today, the individual has to come first. But if you don't put the individual first, 
you have this communist collective whereby the collective is the same as every individual because they're, they're the same. But you need individuals to have a truly organic and whole, non-ego-based existence, I think. And, and for me, that's the universe. That's the, the Christ consciousness, if you want to call it that. It's the celestial, the God force. Um, I mean, whatever term people want to, to put on it. But I don't think it's the term awake. I totally agree with you on that. And with regard to warriors... And it's a term that seems to be bandied about more and more. And I think there's a huge, possibly Hollywood influence on that. And we will talk about Hollywood in a little while. But to me, what I picked up from what you're saying, Soren, is that to be a true warrior, it's essentially standing in truth, regardless of the potential personal cost. Would I be correct in my summation? Absolutely. Absolutely. I had, uh, I won't mention any names, but I had this... uh, have a friend who has a website, right? And and I kind of wrote him, you know, I, are you sure that this uh, post you're posting there actually is what you're saying it is? Because it obviously to me is something different, you know? And the answer came back, yeah, who cares, right? And this person called himself a truther, right? Mm. And uh, <clears throat> so so I tried to poke him a bit again. I'm not out to bother to bother him in any way. I'm just using it as an observation. And then there was the second, and normally I don't interfere, but this is a good friend, right? And I said, uh, what about that, you know? And uh, it sounds a bit odd. Now, I, I can mention it. It's, uh, it's the hive of the flat earth theory, right? Okay. And I said, you know, it's, uh, it's funny with this. I, I see it as a distraction. I actually see it as a deception uh, to make people go into something that to me seems quite irrelevant at this point where the earth is dying. Who cares if it's round or flat? We got to save this planet or we got to heal this planet or we got to help this planet, right? Mm. And we're going to save ourselves. I didn't mean save the planet, I meant save ourselves, right? And it's a distraction, but, you know, because I wrote him, listen, aboriginals, shamans in Africa, indigenous people, uh, people tripping on uh, the spirit molecule DMT, right? They see the planet as round. And we all agree, sort of, within this segment, that especially DMT sort of is the liberator. It frees you from the matrix, right? Mm. So you see things as they are, right? In 4 or 5D. Um, And he said, yeah, yeah, but you know, we could be programmed before birth to think it's round. And I thought, oh my God, now we are reaching for a straw, aren't we? But, but, and, and then I had a second incident, another website where I said, um, sorry, but I don't understand why, why are you posting this? Because I see it as uh, highly disinformational. And the guy asked me, I've got to put food on my table. If, if that is what the awakening is also, you know, one don't giving a shit about uh, the relevance or the truth in what he's posting, and the other one actually post this, these deceptions, mm. not the flat earth theory, but what he knows is, is a deception in order to get the revenue from the ads. I don't know where the awakening movement is really, you know, and, and it kind of, it made me so sad because I don't pick myself up as better than these people. I don't, 
I certainly don't want to be perceived as the internet police of truth, you know. But when it, it actually are people that I am on email with frequently, right? Um, I say, why, why, why do we do that? You know, it, 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 it kind of put me in a very sad mood, and I thought, whoa, I really need to think about why am I in this myself, and and why. why I'm going to say something I'm not supposed to say, but the awakening is also a big industry. It's it's big money because of the revenue from the ads, right? Yeah. And if you go on the big sites, the really big sites, you can see you can hardly see the post for ads, and um, that's okay in a way that <clears throat> that you know. I have ads too on my side. I, I use three or four hours a day on it. Um, and it actually pays for the server rent and what have we, right? Uh, but when we come to that point where we actually post something to get the revenue, uh, we are so much the matrix ourselves that uh, it's it's a bit spooky, right? I yeah. think it's spooky. It's kind yeah. of like a guy who's waving a weapon in battle, but the weapon turns out to be made of paper or something that, that I mean the, the weapon is of no value to them so it's the antithesis of that warrior spirit uh, yeah. I mean you're standing in conscious falseness yeah f- for personal gain as opposed to what we said earlier which is truth regardless of personal cost it's the complete opposite and I think you're correct I have also kind of noticed and we've spoken about it on this show with various guests quite recently that there has been a seemingly a hijacking of the truth movement, the awakening movement, whatever label people want to put on it. Yeah. And there seems to be such a high level of shill on board at the moment. And one that really came to mind for me was Russell Brand, who captured the collective consciousness, certainly of a huge number of people in the UK and beyond the UK indeed as well. He spoke a certain amount of truth to a point and then all of a sudden flipped it on its head, turned 180 and everybody was diverted back to the path that they may have been off before. I think there are a huge number of people who are attracted by the subconscious truth and the true remembrance of who we actually are. And I think there are more and more people who are subconsciously moving in the direction of truth. But all it takes is a new Pied Piper or a new emperor with no clothes to divert them back to the path that they were previously on, that being of the antithesis to that warrior spirit. So what do you think about the shills that are within the truth movement at the moment and how powerful they appear to be and how easy it is to divert through entertainment in a lot of cases people from the path that inherently most people, while they may not consciously know they should be on it or that they're destined to be on it, that on a subconscious level and an esoteric and spiritual level, we all actually are on, no matter how long it's going to take. Well, what, what I think of these people. Yeah, pretty much. What, what do you think of the prevalence of these people within the movement or the hijacking, as I've described it, of they're, the movement? They're, pro- they're, they're prostitutes. They're, they're prostitutes. Um, and I think, you know, you mentioned Russell Brand. And I think that's my... Uh, 
take on him. I think he started out with uh, the best of intentions, mm -hmm. and I think uh, he got poked by his handlers in Hollywood. Yeah. And say, if, if you take this any further, you know, you, you consider yourself dead in the entertainment industry. And that, that's what I picked up happened. I don't think uh, he set out with uh, deceptive attention at the start. A lot of these people, you know, who rise <clears throat> to a certain to a certain subscription level on YouTube, to a certain amount of readers, they they are approached, I think. They are approached and they, they flip. And then the disinformation starts. Uh, that's my take on it. I, I know um, a very good friend, which I think is a pillar of honesty. His name is Jeff Rins. Yeah. And um, he is really, really observant of these uh, fake uh, sites, you know, these fake people. He, 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 he senses them, you know, and <clears throat> he mentioned in the a radio show I did with him that I shipped headlines to him every day. I, I help a bit with the headlines for his site, you know. Mm -hmm. And often he, he ships to me, you know, don't post this, Saren, or I don't like this headline, Saren, because uh, watch out for this guy. He is not the real thing. And um, so uh, Jeff's kind of been my mentor also um, in, in knowing where to go and not to go, right? And it's huge. It's huge. I have a list of sites um, on... Um, on a spreadsheet that I can't visit because, you know, they are sort of very problematic. They would, the strategy is, you know, they post something that goes down quite easily. And then they post something that's totally out there, uh, free, free fantasy, right? And then they put up a picture, we're all consciousness. And then they continue, then they continue. And, and that's the way they do it, you know. This, and they put up these new age stickers in order to attract the spiritual audience, right? And um, we need to step out. We need to step out of that. Um, it's like a rock star, right? We need to step out of the seduction of it and uh, look at it neutrally and say, what am I reading here? Flattered theory, is that interesting in any way for me? Uh, maybe not. Maybe uh, if I read this, I'll never get those 20 minutes back, you know? And... Um, when the matrix, the control system has gone away, let's find out if the Earth is flat, right? Yeah. But it, it's, it's not high on the list right now. And that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of this bullshit out there. I read a post, you know, the late David Bowie, um, mm -hmm. where this guy, I need a painkiller when I read his stuff, right? Because it's so complicated. But he started out with a David Bowie quote from an album called Ongidori, uh, which was one of David's first, probably, don't take me up precisely on the years, probably 30 years old or 40 mm -hmm. years old, right? Ongidori, uh, where he mentions Alistair Crawley. Bowie mentions Alistair Crawley in a number called Quicksand. Uh, dressed in Crawley's uniform is the quote, right? And um, everybody in the London scene at that time was into Crawley. Let's settle in the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, you name them, right? You know yeah. more about that than I do. Um, but then he takes it up to the present day with his um, video, Black Star. Yes. And he actually concludes his piece with, let's just conclude this with what we started out with, I'm dressed in Crawley's uniform. Listen, David Bowie is one of the most creative people who walked the planet in. He has a beautiful, beautiful voice when he started to 
to use the low end of his register, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I never were into Ziggy Stardust and uh, because he, he, he sounded like a chipmunk on helium, right? <laughs> but but when he started to use his deep register, he, he really spoke to me. And um, if you go through, I, I, I posted that uh, Black Star video of Bowie and said, this is Bowie on ISIS. This is Bowie talking about ISIS because if you notice it, <clears throat> in the last three or four minutes, the music morphs into Arabic music. So the hints are all there, right? And this dude had 10, he had a decade on heroin. No, sorry, cocaine, right? Yeah. Who who would act normally in, in 10 years on living? He, he, he lived on free substances, cocaine, uh, cayenne peppers, and milk. It comes out of his mouth, right? Uh, but, you know, that's over-interpreting, 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 putting motives where they don't belong. And um, I remember I mentioned to a friend once within the within the awakening oh have you heard this bowie tune what a wonderful boy watch out for him you know you you get seduced by bowie i thought shut the fuck up right i'm i'm a grown man you know i can enjoy the music and uh, if you're afraid of bowie don't listen to him go go uh, frank sinatra what you like right yeah so so it's 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 so far-fetched sometimes. It's so out there. It's people's own personal subconscious paranoia. Um, and maybe, you know, their little egos um, trying to create a place for themselves in the world. I think it's highly embarrassing. I think it's highly embarrassing. And if you treat your readers, you know, if you stuff it down your readers, this is the way you must think. This is the way you must feel about this. You, that's totally disrespectful, you know. Yeah. Don't conclude. Don't tell people what to do. You're mirroring the control system. You're being the control system when you do that. You know, hint it, suggest it, and let people draw their own conclusions. That's the only way we grow, right? That's the only way we grow because we have to form these neurological pathways in the brain uh, which comes out of cracking life's mystery by ourselves and not getting them shoved down our throat with a big uh, spoon right mm. not that there's no learning in that you know and uh, often i see this little um, sticker on websites be a voice not an echo Yes, please. Let us have that freedom, you know. Yeah. I, I, I'm really annoyed by that. <laughs> it really annoys me because it's so contradictive and it's so obvious. It's so obvious. And um, these are the sites, you know, that has a pretty cool visit statistic, I would say, right? Uh -huh. So it's just, you know, new, new, new leaders for the flock. And um, no, it's not my thing. Yeah, I, t I totally get what you're saying. And I think there's a certain amount of, well, a huge amount of entertainment that has crept in for the sake of entertainment and for the sake of shifting advertising revenue and clicks online within the movement. Because I think a lot of the real information or a lot of the truth out there isn't particularly entertaining in the Hollywood sense or the music industry sense of entertainment as most people are brought up. And I think once that was introduced over the gradually over the last decade within the again the, the awakening movement, the truth movement, whatever, 
I think a lot of people were diverted from their true spiritual path in favour of seeking the quick hit or the egotistical entertainment value in something purely for its own sake rather than something deeper or more spiritual. And I think it brings us on nicely to a discussion that we were having off air very briefly and that was with regard to movies specifically because movies are something, over the years I've kind of flip-flopped with movies from being a huge aficionado of the movie business and Hollywood and consuming a huge amount of content. I went completely the other way then for a while and I thought, right, well, it's it's all complete crap and it's all mind-diverting drivel. And now I'm somewhere in between and I'm I'm far more discerning when it comes to what I view. And I think there is a lot of value personally to be gained from a certain amount of what is put out there through the mainstream in Hollywood and through independent filmmaking as well. I, th- I know from speaking off air that you agree with me in that regard. So let's look at movies and the Hollywood industry as it is and what value there is to be gained from the immersive experience of a movie. I think there's a lot to be gained. Uh, <clears throat> you, you have the more, uh, as we probably would agree on, John, you have the more blatantly manipulative uh, movies, right? Um, so we, we got to we gotta find out, you know, are, are we into that stuff? You know, the, the Matrix propaganda stuff. But I see movies as, uh, as a showing of, an, of a different universe, you know. And in order to enjoy a movie, you, you got to have some kind of identification with it. If you cannot identify yourself with one of the main characters or the plot in the story, you're, you're totally lost. You'll shut the movie down, right? Mm. And that's why you see often in movies the, the first 10 minutes go, the, the persons are speaking of who, who, who they are, where they come from, what they do for work, you know, so they update the viewer, right? So, you know, okay, now the identification is there. But I see it as uh, representation of alternative universes and um, but I think the most important thing for me when watching a movie is and I don't care if it is if it's an action movie I like Jason Statham you know mm-hmm. and um, I very much like the series Peaky Blinders on Netflix and um, I also like very soft toned uh, ro- ro- romantic movies what people would call girl flicks because Every time I see them, I get an emotional massage. That's really good for me. I can I can cry like a baby in my couch, right? Or uh, uh, people who lose each other or love that didn't come out right. And I see that as healthy uh, because this world is so cold, you know. And that when I read, I read an obscene amount of magazines and newspapers each day in order to find the headlines uh, for my site. And... I actually noticed, whoa, I'm kind of numb to that. I'm kind of numb to the constant bombardment of, yeah, atrocities, mm-hmm. murdering, whatever, right? But I'm certainly vulnerable when I go into my living room and turn on a movie. I, I never watch a movie that I'm not interested in. I wouldn't see a movie just to watch a movie. I try to find a good director. I'm trying to find a good 
actor, I've, uh, you know, uh, or a plot that speaks to me, and then I give it a chance, right? And if it doesn't speak to me within 10 minutes, I, I cut it, right? Yeah. Um, and I actually saw some very cool Irish movies. I, 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 you come from Ireland, right? And it's 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 such an underestimated uh, film country, you know? It makes great storytelling, and um, it's magic. It's magic. There's a certain magic in also the language, you know, which I can relate to, you know. But I, I see them as, as uh, emotional massages. I see, whoa, I can still get angry at what's going on in this movie. I can still hate that person in the movie for destroying that relationship, maybe, or, or hurting a child or abusing a child or whatever, right? I would never watch a horror movie, uh, that's for sure. That's, they're too spooky. But... You know, I get kind of reminded also that I'm taking a roller coaster ride through my chakras. And um, I think it's so cool. I think it's so cool, you know. Recently, about a week ago, I moved to another house and uh, me and Katharina, we looked at each other. We were very tired and said, yeah, it's our first night in the house, but we don't have any more energy. Let's watch a good movie, right? Yeah. And uh, we watched uh, The Marchion with uh, Matt Damon, right? Yeah. I thought it was... Uh, a terribly good movie. It was a terribly good movie. Um, it was well composed and it had a obviously uh, very, very exotic settings. And, you know, from reading about it in the magazines, you know, understood that they took uh, the NASA pictures from Mars. So everything you see from Mars in that movie actually is Mars. Um, but I was also very happy that you know, that Matt Damon, the character Matt Damon plays, actually is very, he's very benevolent, you know. And um, he actually allows himself to cry when he goes up through the Martian atmosphere in order to catch a ride home, right? And it, it he cries. And, and it, it had an ending. It had a very clear ending. And uh, I'm so annoyed by movies, you know, who just cut it and then you see the, the credits at the end and you think, Okay, am I supposed to create my own ending here? What what's wrong with you? <laughs> right. But a little yeah, bit like uh, David Bowie's career then, the way he he very much had an ending. He he had a narrative right through from nineteen seventy until a couple of weeks ago with Blackstar and he tied yeah. it up at the end. Yeah, and I actually thought when I watched that Lazarus video, I thought, Is he dying? And he he he, he was, you know, he mm. was. So he turned his life, yeah, also the ending of his life into a creative process. And um, that's right up Deepak Chopra's alley, I, I can promise you that, you know, where Deepak says everything is, is creativity, everything in the universe is creativity, everything is evolving. And um, yeah, so highly spiritual guy. And again, there is the link then to Hollywood in, in, in the Martian. Perhaps it's one of the reasons you felt so satisfied by the movie was apart from the journey that it took you on yeah. and it, it is a journey and it's not it's not the traditionally entertaining movie in the normal sense in that it very much takes you on a journey where you're required to think about the situation that the protagonist played by Matt Damon finds himself and it does then appeal to that sense that we have that for example if we take our lives here on earth and if we assume that we have some kind of task to complete, be it a consciousness or a level of consciousness that we should achieve before we move on to the next stage, well, I think 
a lot of movies, and from the way you've described it, The Martian seems to be one that very much brought it to its conclusion so that you could then move on to the next level. That is, outside of the viewing experience, that has been tied up onto the next thing rather than being left with a sense of incompletion. Yeah, and uh, it's up there in my book with uh, the movie Interstellar, you know, mm-hmm. which which also had this much more complicated plot, right, between 3D and 5D. Uh, but it also came out, you know, as a full movie with a start and an ending, you know, from here to there. And uh, I, I've seen that movie three times uh, because there's so many things to understand about 5D in it that Christopher Nolan, the, the director, is, is he, he has a really special mind, you know. He's he's very creative. And he's I think he's extremely intelligent. But he understands, you know, the third dimension, the fourth and the fifth. And uh, that takes some spiritual insights. Tell us a little bit about that, Soren, because there might be many people listening who will have heard, obviously, of 1D, 2D, 3D, but mightn't have necessarily explored the fifth dimension, even if they have the fourth. So what's your understanding of that or your take on it? My understanding is that I know very little about it. I have touched upon it. I I have never been on uh, ayahuasca or DMT, uh, but I've been there in meditations. I've been there in... um, in lucid dreaming and um, I think sometimes you know we talked about Stuart Wilde he talked a lot about the morph right mm. and the morph to me is also 5D-ish I don't think it's 5D but it's 5D-ish because uh, things are twisted and turned and uh, psychological objects like in uh, the movie Interstellar right time is physical time becomes physical and it, it also is in the morph. But again, I see, you know, all these postings about 5D. I think I never mentioned 5D in my my writings um, because I, I like to know what I'm talking about and I'm still exploring it. Uh, but 5D, you know, is outside the framework of where our mind can go. We have, I think we have to go there and maybe that's what, that's Christopher Nolan's way. I, I don't know that. That's just me guessing. Mm. You got to feel it. You can't think it. You got to feel it. Or you got to have a personal experience of touching into that field uh, where such a thing as time becomes an object, becomes a physical object. And uh, you can go down a valley and you're time traveling and you go up the mountain and you're time traveling. That's a quote from, from, from uh, the movie Interstellar, right? Mm. Uh, but 5D is another dimension. I touched upon it in, in, a, in a series of posts that did called the angelic realms. They're 5D. And, uh, and you see, you know, these beautiful, beautiful cathedral-like domes and you see these angelic beings uh, hovering the air and you basically see everything. Um, and... Uh, the physical stuff you can penetrate with your with, with your arm, you know, it's like reaching through uh, a source field of light. If you touch a wall in 5D, uh, your hand goes straight through it, uh, and and you see it's made of the way I see it is blue, right? It's blue with a little silver sprinkle, because it's like like you know the graphic from the Matrix. It's just blue with uh, white white. Uh, white uh, dots uh, running up and down. But you only see them when you touch it. 
and uh, sounds are sort of distorted and vision are highly distorted and uh, one thing one thing you really have to deal with going into 5d is that i use the phrase standing naked before god in the christ post mm -hmm. and um, you have to come to terms with all your perception of you not being perfect with your perception of you not being worthy with your perception of you uh, maybe i came here prematurely maybe i'm not invited you know and uh, once you're through that landscape these those dimensions will open and uh, <clears throat> i very much i have nothing against absolutely not people tripping on ayahuasca or whatever right but it it, it is sort of you know it's a it's a drug and um, we know that any kind of drug also weed or or cocaine or whatever ecstasy um, they lay down they they lay down the custodians in our nervous system uh, so when when we meditate, we often get to a point where we can't go any any further, and that's actually okay. That's a custodian saying, "So far, but not longer." You know, you 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 gotta collect yourself be before you can go this, or people will will go crazy, right? Yeah. Um, and that that you can bypass with drugs. I I have nothing against it. So, uh, but when we go into these realms and we are not intoxicated. Um, we actually see the same as the as people who go into them on ayahuasca or whatever, right? Okay. And I think that's pretty cool uh, because that shows that shows to me. I, I once uh, I had I have a friend in Canada, and she had some uh, when she was uh, in her house and not on ayahuasca. And when she lied down in her bed, she saw she saw the stars and universe coming down, right? And she was frequently uh, going on ayahuasca uh, every three months or so. And uh, she asked me, "Would could you ask Stuart what this is? Maybe, maybe he he know, right?" And that's actually the only time I bothered Stuart with asking him mm. something. And I said, "Could could you help this girl out, Stuart? What is it?" And to my surprise, he said, "Yeah, just tell her, you know, that she should." She, uh, don't be afraid, allow it, and a door will open for her, and she can enter it, and she'll step out into Serengeti in Africa, physically. And I thought, wow, do ayahuasca have, you know, a collective, a, a collective path that everybody sees, you know, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, a roadmap. And, and that really stunned me because it's similar to what people experience in meditation, you know, more or less the same roadmap. And that, that actually blew my mind because that's also 5D. If you can lie in your bedroom in Canada, open a door and step out on the Serengeti Plains in Africa in, in the physical, that's 5D, right? That that's so cool. That's so cool. So is that a link then possibly to the astral layer, the astral field? No, the astral field is, is, is uh, if we sort of see it as a building, you know, the astral field is like the first floor. This is this is way up on, on the Okay, penthouse. so we're gone way beyond it then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really fascinating. And it reminds me of uh, some of the allegorical messages, I would see it in the work of people like Carlos Castaneda and some of the shamanistic teachings of Central and South America 
who describe very much that that vivid picture of what you were talking about there, the the physical manifestation of a meditatory experience or a hallucinogenic or psychedelic experience and how there are huge lessons that can be learned from that and how it can physically change things as well as on a subconscious or a spiritual level and divert us towards the path that we're meant to be on or the path that is more beneficial to us to be on. Yeah. And 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 I'm not familiar with those writings, but yeah, it, it it's it's right and I also see, you know, especially with ayahuasca now, it, uh, we're talking about, or they're talking about, an ayahuasca industry now in uh, Peru, right? Yeah. And uh, you have these people going tripping because it sort of adds to the resume. Um, don't come back and say you have cosmic conscious from one ayahuasca trip you did because you would like to trip, right? you got to use it with an intention. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly what you did, and that's certainly what my friend in Canada did. And and then it, it, it does what you're saying, John. It does what you're saying. But if, if you're just using it, you know, yeah, I've been to the ashram in India, I took the Camino in Spain, and I did ayahuasca, so now I'm spiritual. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, that, that kind of comes back to what we were discussing earlier about the entertainment value yeah. Th- that is in the movement. It's yeah. it's not something for entertainment purposes. It's about setting ourselves these challenges, these necessary challenges, and embarking upon and embracing a journey as opposed to looking for a quick fix all the time, which isn't going to get us anywhere. No, 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 no. So do you think then, with all of that in mind, Sarn, do you think we're in a positive place in terms of con- collective consciousness or heart-based consciousness? And are you hopeful that things are going in the right direction in terms of because obviously we've discussed the microcosm and it does require the individual to undertake the specific path that is best for them on a spiritual level and only then can the collective consciousness come together to become more than the sum of its parts but are you are you positive that it is heading in that right direction or what way do you see things because every time we and I try to avoid it, but every time we are exposed to mainstream news or media or whatever it is, it's doom, it's gloom, it's the world is completely screwed, and because the world is screwed, well, then all of us as individuals must be screwed. It's almost like the opposite way. The the mainstream media view doesn't seem to be that it is the individuals that shape the world, but it's that the world shapes the individual. I don't see it that way. So what's your take on it? my take on it is just what you say is the individual that shapes the world right and and this this planet is in great trouble and uh, but we're still here and um, to to answer your question you know i i think uh, i think we're good i think uh, that this counter wave that we're trying to produce in order to have a decent place to live on which is this planet will clash in 2015, uh, six, sorry, 16, uh, between what we just spoke about, you know, uh, where these um, disturbing sides, these disturbed uh, disinformational frequencies will slowly, slowly expose themselves and uh, will make a way for people who are. Um, Last year, I did some post where I wrote, we don't need a theoretical uh, agenda right now. We need to live through spiritually 
based experience based reality let's talk about that now let's let's you know get some grounding into this and um, i think that's coming on strong um, because it's not a theoretical it's not a theoretical it's not an intellectual uh, wave that that sort of will save us it's actually what we feel Mm. what what we feel not talking emotions on on you know <laughs> but it's it's the feel we have inside you know the deep feel of yeah i know my place in the world i i know why i'm here now i know what job i have to do and i'll do it whether it takes me on the via dolorosa or not right uh, but it's my it's my drive and i feel I, i'm not talking about me and in a way, I'm talking about me also, because when these more heart-based people come out and say, no, we won't stand this anymore, well, there's been enough uh, negativity, and uh, we are very well aware of Fukushima, we are very well aware of chemtrailing, we are very well, well aware of there are more plastic in the ocean than mm. fish, um, but we won't let it bring us down, because we have to provide some optimism not fake optimism, not la di da da optimism, not new age optimism, but spiritual optimism, spiritual growth uh, within what appears to be one big junkyard, right? And um, that's what you see with with the flower. What's its name, uh, John? I can't remember. You know, the 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 lotus flower, right? Yeah. It grows out of mud. It's the most beautiful flower in the world, right? Mm-hmm. It comes out. Of, it comes out of mud, and uh, I have I have that picture on my desktop, you know, a lotus flower in blossom, in a muddy muddy lake, and um, we we gotta be that flower. We gotta be that flower. Again, let's bring it back to popular media. We spoke about music. We spoke about movies. Some of the finest musical artists, to my mind, of their particular generations, and I'm talking about different styles of music, such as Tupac Shakur within hip-hop and Bob Marley within reggae, people like that. Um, There was a certain amount of what I'm about to mention as well with Kurt Cobain of Nirvana. Incidentally, all artists who were cut down in their prime or way before their prime, perhaps, all in their 20s, there is that that element of the lotus, like T- Tupac, for example, was often described as the the rose that grew from the cement, from the yeah. urban jungle, from the concrete. Bob Marley, similar type thing. Kurt Cobain, these are people who blossomed and bloomed and developed beyond what the expectation, the mainstream expectation, was of them. And I think that capacity is within us all provided we're willing to allow our hearts to tap into that. And it does very much come from the heart, I think. What would you yeah, think about that? And, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I'm i a long-time listener of Jim Morrison, right? Yeah. Um, and I see a lot of people. <clears throat> he made this collection of poems in Paris. He, uh, he spoke into a tape, and uh, then he died in his bathtub. Uh, but I actually see these people now being 25, 30... 32, 33, listening to an American Prayer, uh, which mm. was the, the last official uh, Doors album. But what happened was, you know, they had the poetry that just put music to it. It's beautiful, beautiful. But the insights there is almost shamanistic. Um, and uh, he, yeah, he also grew out of the mud, I, I would say. Um, and, you know, he didn't see himself as a rock star. He saw himself as a poet. 
And uh, that turned out to be his legacy. That actually turned out to be his legacy when people are buying that record now just for the poetry. Mm. And, and I'm very happy about that because it's highly transcendent. It's, it's, we talked about 5D, right? A lot of Jim Morrison's uh, uh, metaphors goes in 5D and goes into shamanism and goes into indigenous American, you know, na- Native Americans, right? So, so yes, yes. So do you think then that, to quote the old, I think it's a Buddhist proverb or a Zen proverb, that the lotus flower blooms most beautifully from the deepest and thickest mud, do you think that applies then to everything to do with our consciousness? Yes, I do. Uh, also because when we go into, when we go deep within ourselves, either in, in under the influence or in meditation, uh, we are in the shadow uh, a, a lot, right? But you know, and and that's that's the problem with the new age movement. They don't want to deal with the shadow. They kind of sugarcoat it. Say, I love everybody, right? And um, I got a very angry hate mail last week where this guy said you should never ever have posted that video of uh, girls who. Um, who actually went violent in, in a school, you know, to, towards a classmate. Um, and But he actually had a page of words telling him not to press the video if he didn't like to see it, right? And, uh, you know, we got to get out of that <laughs> new age spirituality and, and sort of, it's a lot of whining and it's a lot of complaining and it's a lot of, I'm too fragile. Um, I, I respect that. I respect we can be fragile, but in order to find our own strength, in order to find our own energy, in order to save our souls, we have to get out of our chair. We have to get out of that health cafe and uh, maybe go to the red light district in our town and see what's going on, you know, to get in touch with that uh, low frequency field because we still have it in us. And I know people don't want to hear this, but there is a reason that we have the root chakra, we have the hara, we have the solar plexus also, right? And if if people only addresses the higher chakras, uh, the the so-called lower ones, will actually start to evolve like a volcano under the sea and it will explode. And I've seen that a lot of times, you know, if you poke uh, one of these headline new new ages, you know, slogan new ages with a stick, uh, they can be extremely nasty and uh, they wrap it in Know, they actually wrap it in and I love everybody. No, you don't. Tick, 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 and you poke them a bit. And that's because, you know, they don't dare go into their shadow. They don't, they don't, they don't want to admit to themselves. They still have anger in them. Mm-hmm. They still have jealousy. They still can get horny on a Friday night. God bless them, right? But, you know, and, and you got to own it. You got to own yourself. You got to step up and you got to own yourself and uh, not make excuses for yourself. And then I think when you're, when you're in that situation, you self-empower and say, I will never, ever excuse that, um, that I still can get mad. I won't uh, ever excuse that I still can get sexually aroused. I won't ever excuse that I now and then throw, you know, a, a fantasy story to get out of trouble. Um, I'll, I'll own it. And if we, if we don't take ownership, somebody else will. And uh, that's not cool. <laughs> that is not cool. And the ones taking ownership are maybe where we started with the... Uh, 
the fake awakening, the fake spiritual side, right? They love to take that ownership. I think that's very powerful and it comes back to something that's reiterated time and time again on this show and that is the issue of personal responsibility and how ultimately we are the arbiters of our own future, if you like, be that on a spiritual or a physical plane. And I think it is probably the most important message that any of us can take on board because without personal responsibility, and let's face it, nobody is going to be responsible or can be responsible for anybody else. So without that personal responsibility, our consciousness can't open up. It cannot develop. We cannot raise ourselves because, again, nobody can raise us for us. And it's an often misused term with regard to, say, kids, for example, because how many kids are actually raised by their parents find their needs might be met, their physical needs, but how many people are actually raised? I think we can only raise ourselves because to raise is to do with consciousness and without that individual responsibility, we cannot have the microcosmic action that we spoke about that then forms a beneficial collective consciousness. And I think that's a very fine way for us to begin to wrap things up here, Soren, for today. Have you any kind of last thoughts yourself on what it is we've been speaking about or a message for people who might like to find their own solutions but still it's a little bit too out there for them. They might be maybe grounded in the mainstream or embedded in the grind of daily life and they find it a little bit difficult to break free from that. Is there any kind of technique or advice you would give to somebody who wants to begin that path for the first time or wants to maybe develop a path that they have been on but would like to enhance somewhat? Yeah, the the best thing I can say right now is, you know, don't think it, feel it. And uh, that, that's the way to go forward. Also, in, in my book right now, because a lot of people are there, I, I'm in touch with a lot of people who are there right now, who says, you know, we have these very intellectual approaches to the metaphysical, the fifth density of whatever, you know. And still, I need a painkiller when I read that stuff. Yeah. Um, but... You know, if if people read things on the internet, also on my side, listen to your program, you know, um, does it resonate? Uh, if you feel bad about it, why do you feel bad about it? I feel it's false. Okay, that's why you feel bad about, about it. Uh, no, I'm, I'm afraid of it. Okay, then you need to explore it, right? And um, so it's, it's a fine pendulum swing between intellect and feel intellect and feel you know research feel research feel and uh, when we can merge our thoughts or pattern of intellectual beliefs with our feels it's actually called in the esoteric an alchemistic wedding of uh, what goes on inside and instead of thinking we start feeling it but not feeling it like we were watching a movie mm. because we, we are feeling it from the soul as a right thing or a bad thing, right? Yeah. And and we need to filter. We need to filter that because we get so seduced by intellect. We get so seduced by it. Um, and we can get seduced by Hollywood movies who only targets the, the lower chakras, right? But when we rise about that and we say, okay, what corresponds? I know it sounds a little bit cliches, but what, what responds to what's in my heart right now? Because the heart also has doubts. Um, what corresponds? Uh, what's going on that I, I feel, yeah, yeah, this this could be a path for me. Uh, go for it. 
you know, go for it. But don't don't sign anything. Don't sign a manifesto or whatever. Uh, explore it. And if you don't like it, get out again. I think that's valuable inv- advice indeed. And it's an organic approach. It's not that there is a fixed path. There's no dogma. It's find, f- find what actually suits you and then work with that and be prepared to make mistakes and learn along the way. Yeah, and also, and that's very important, you know, we all got to figure out why we disapprove. Because do we disapprove? Because we're actually presented with the truth, but we we, we cannot, you know, we cannot embed it. Uh, And that can make us scary and run away. Or we can disapprove because that's, we we see something that's obviously distortive. And and it takes some time to figure that out. And that's why, yeah, you used a thing there, John, that was really good. It's a a process, you know, be, be the water, not the container, because it's it it is fluid. It is fluid, mm. and there are several ways to roam. Right? There's not only one pathway. There's not only one person to follow. Don't follow anybody that way. Uh, get inspired by people. Right? Get inspired and uh, make a room for yourself. Make a platform for yourself, and raise your voice. We would like to hear it. I think that's very important because action is the crux of any kind of collective change. I think once. Like pe- people do learn from other people's experiences as well as their own, possibly not yeah. as quickly or as well. But without, yeah. without action, there is nothing. It is that magic ingredient that, for me, certainly binds the head and the heart together. And action is how you can live your truth as opposed to just feeling it or thinking it, because nothing's going to happen if you just feel it or think it. You have to act upon it then as well. And it's almost like that holy trinity, to use um, a religious analogy. It's, it's the... Uh, the head, the heart, and then the the action as well is what brings it together. It's that Christ consciousness that then ensues. Again, to use another religious analogy, not that I am in any way religious, but I do think I think similar to what you were saying earlier, there there is a message that can be gained from some of the writings if one knows how to look at it or to bring it back to another allegorical movie, They Live by John Carpenter, to put on the sunglasses and view things as they really are. Yes, that that's a powerful way of saying it, John. I, I agree with you very much. So before we get details on your current writings and the website and that type of thing, I'm going to hit you with one from left field. Your favourite allegorical movie, seen as we were speaking about movies? That would be The Fifth Element. Interesting. And why? Because it works with... Uh, it has actually... Think of it. You know, we spoke about Interstellar, right? Yeah. Uh, where they have the discussion... Uh, I think it's Matthew McConaughey having this discussion that love is a physical thing. Love is a waveform, right? Mm. Um, And uh, the fifth element has that. The fifth element we need is love. The website, Soren, and how people can read more of your work because I know many people will be very interested. Yeah, my website is sorendryer.com. We'll get the links up on the website I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Soren, it's been fantastic speaking to you again. It's always a huge pleasure. It's always an education for me and heart-based education as well as anything else. And it's something that I find extremely beneficial and enjoyable. And hopefully the listeners will, as I'm sure they will, experience the very same thing. So hopefully you've enjoyed the chat that we've had. Let's do it again and not leave it so long the next time. And yes. thank and you I, very, I very much. Say, would you, would you, would you, John? You know, it goes both ways. You have great insights. It's a pleasure. 
Well, that's very much appreciated. And of course, we will stay in touch. And I look forward to our next on-air chat as well. Soren, yeah. thank you very much for joining me on Alchemy. Thank you, John, for having me. Alchemy. Alchemy.
something happened on the day he died. The spirit rose and meet us and stepped aside. Somebody else took his place and bravely cried. I'm a black star.
I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Alchemy. Remember, we rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising-free format and are extremely grateful for any help you can offer. There's no fixed cost on our donations and every little helps. I usually say, so for example, you could spare the price of a cup of coffee, but we're going to up it this week and we're going to say, if you could spare the price of a bag of organic carrots... Well, it would go a long way towards keeping us afloat. Our donate button is on the website and your support and assistance is hugely appreciated. Thank you, of course, to everybody for your recent help and support. We really couldn't do it without you. Our next guest is Jim Lawler and he'll be discussing a common man's path to truth. Until then, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Alchemy. Alchemy. Care. Alchemy. Will. Intelligence. Imagination. Are you tuned in? 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 Are you tuned in?